After the first full day at SEC Media Days, optimism seems to be growing around the Auburn football program. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Daryl Daprich, my roommate for the week up here yeah. in Nashville as we are live from SEC Media Days. Day one is behind us, Daryl. We will hear from Hugh Freeze and the three Auburn Tiger representatives today, and we'll touch on that in just a moment. But Really, the biggest story for me, because Greg Sankey said next to nothing yesterday, is the folks that we talk to, whether it's national media, ESPN slash SEC Network folks, or just local folks that cover another team throughout the you know Southeast, optimism, Daryl, seems to be growing around the perception of Auburn football. That's one of the great things about media days when you can kind of get out from behind the camera, behind the mic, right. and just visit with people in fellowship. They're gonna they're gonna tell you exactly what they feel, right? They're gonna let you know their opinion and just kind of unsolicited from different groups, different universities, representatives, like you said, national and local media. Optimism is growing. I think people came into this SEC Media Days with a certain perception of the trajectory of the Auburn football program and are now, as they've gotten around other coaches, other players, other media, it's just growing. And there's an optimism and enthusiasm that Auburn could have a better year than initially thought before they came to Nashville. Yeah. And we, we will play two interviews that we did. Uh, one with Jake Crane of Crane and company and one with Mr. College football himself, Tony Barnhart. But there seems to be a trend of like, okay, yes, they're going to be voted very low at the end of the week maybe even last in the SEC West, but everybody that we've talked to is like, ah, I don't think they're going to be last in the SEC West. And some folks think they may be as high as third in the SEC West. So it's just, it's amazing the wide spectrum of opinion. But I think the more I talk to folks, the more I think the perception of Auburn football is positive right now. And we haven't felt that in years. It's very strange that people are talking about where Auburn's going to be voted probably in this thing, how the poll's going to come out, but yet they immediately follow up with that with, but that's where I don't see them finishing. Uh -huh. So I'm thinking, okay, well, then don't vote them there. Right. Right. Because, I mean, I'm not. And and so it's almost like they just are assuming and, you know, just the perception is going to be, well, Auburn's going to be picked sixth or seventh in the league, but I don't think they'll finish there. So that's that's encouraging. I think that at the end of the day, you'll see even more of this groundswell of enthusiasm after Coach Freeze and the players speak today, too, that I think that this train is slowly gaining momentum. People talked about the recruiting class is right. going better than they thought, the portal, all those factors that they feel like, oh, I don't see them finishing where the media is going to pick them. Well, they're part of the media, so we'll see if that influences their vote. I'm with you. And so uh, it's just been an encouraging thing. And so – how much is Hugh Freeze going to say later today? How much are these three players going to say? I'm not expecting a whole lot, honestly. I'm just, I'm not. I think everybody's going to kind of play it safe. And because I think this is a team and a roster and a group of personalities that really just want to get on the field and prove it there. Because there's nothing else you can say right now, right? I mean, at this point, it's either you believe in Freeze or you don't, whether you're inside the Auburn fan base or outside of it. 
And same with these players. You either think you either think he's did enough to repair the roster and be able to compete this year or not. Nothing that's said today is going to change that opinion. And I think they know that. And I think they're just going to kind of come, maybe go through the motions and they're going to go home. I think less is more in this scenario because they are probably privately behind closed doors so tired of the narrative that people have towards them. The narrative towards their coach, the narrative towards last year, their roster. So they are just going to stay below the radar. Let people say what they want to say. Don't make any waves. Don't make any bulletin board material. Just be quiet. Less is more. And then come out in September and try to prove some people wrong. That's the best way to go into the season because there's no pressure. You can sneak up on some people and you don't end up being in in the middle. I mean, there's been too much drama around this football team for the last two years. So it's a good thing for there not to be and to be low key below the radar and almost be an afterthought. Mm -hmm. That's what you want right now because the drama and the controversy was just too much the last two years. Yeah. And when we were kind of discussing, okay, what are we going to talk about before we play these two great interviews coming up? Like what word do we use? Is it hope? And then you, you landed on optimism. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been a minute. It's been years since there, there has been this level of optimism around the program. We talked about, you know, selling out with, with season tickets, obviously, the buzz around recruiting. Somebody in the YouTube comments on yesterday's show had the gall to say that what Freeze has done up to this point is the same thing Harson did from a recruiting standpoint. It's like, no, Not like that, that is the dumbest thing yeah, that's- I've ever heard. Uh, I mean, he's flipped the roster in six months. I mean, it's been it's been incredible. And so we don't really know what this team's going to have until they, you know, line up and play probably Texas A&M. We may learn something against Cal. We'll see. But uh, it's just, I don't know. It's been fun because over the last two years, we've gone up here and been like almost having to defend Brian Harson and the Auburn staff and the decisions that the program's made. And we don't have to do that anymore. It's rare that you can come to an SEC media days, follow Auburn, and follow them with kind of a clean slate and a, and a, and a cheery disposition of uh-huh. optimism. It doesn't happen that often. Right. It happened after they won the national championship. It happened probably after 2013. But then those middle years of 15 and 16 under Gus, it, it's always there's always a side note or a sidebar of, well, Auburn, but. Mm. The recruiting offensive lineman, uh, a recruiting class. I said, Gus lost some games that he should have won. There was always that caveat of a what if. This year is different, where it's just a clean slate. There's, there's, there's a. It's, it's like a blank canvas, right? There's, there's a lot that you freeze in this football team can do to, 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 to make that painting. Yeah. And I think the optimism there is now that they have the tools, they have the weapons to do that. But again, Auburn is usually at its best when they sneak up on people. That's that's the history of this program. That's kind of like where they've gone before. So stay there. Stay in that role. Right. Stay under the radar and embrace it. That's right. Uh, a college football expert has Auburn finishing top three in the SEC West. Hear who and why and how next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one place for all of your sports betting needs. You can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. You get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200 back. And look, the more people we talk to this week, Daryl, the more I love that over under six and a half wins. You know me. Mm. I'm taking the over. I think all folks should, too. And FanDuel, of course, is an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you can get paid 
instantly. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jay Crane of Crane & Company hanging out with us live from SEC Media Days on Radio Row. Guess big question is, what is Hugh Freeze going to do this week? You think he's going to play it safe? You think he's going to come out swinging? Man, I, I think he's going to play it safe, and, yeah. and he should. You know, I've been going around, and, and I think, and I've actually said the same thing about Oklahoma in the Big 12. I actually think this is one of the very few years where Auburn can be sneaky. And you don't want to give anybody any reason. And look, they're going to look at Auburn's roster, and the roster is improved. But you're going to get, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt with the roster you have right now, which is a great weapon to have, right? Sure. We see all these other coaches, you know, brainwashing. I guess maybe a, a simpler way to put it, manipulating whatever into thinking. I mean, Kirby Smart convinced his team last year he was going seven and five. But you don't want to give anybody any bulletin board material. And I always say bulletin board material doesn't matter during the game. What bulletin board after the first snap, you're playing. Like right. you're not thinking about what they said or what he said. You're just trying not to get tired. That's that's the main thing. But it helps in prep. It helps you focus and prepare. That's what bulletin board material does. And Hugh Freeze is smart enough to know that. And Auburn doesn't have the right to talk right now. So why would you come out and say something that could get your head above popping out of the weeds and let teams start taking you serious? You want to be sneaky. You want to be an underdog because at a place like Auburn, you don't get that a lot. So I, I think he's going to be very humble like he always is. He's going to talk about, you know, family at Auburn, how sure. excited he is to have a second chance. You're not going to get any crazy sound bite, sound bites. I think the guys he brought up here are going to be the same way. They just want to go out there and play and prove it. And that's what he needs to do. It's more about getting through it than it is making storylines. Now, Brian Kelly, on the other hand, I don't know what Brian's about to come out here and say. Now, you, you talked about the improved roster. Has it improved mm -hmm. enough to make a splash? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it. You know, depends on what you think make a splash is. I mean, is is eight sure. and four making a splash? I think the ceiling's yes. nine and three. I think the most important part, and look, we all know quarterback's the most important position on the team. I'm not going to get over here and tell you the sky's blue, but I think what he's done on the offensive line, bringing in the guy from Western Kentucky, bringing in the kids from Tulsa, bringing in Avery Johnson at center, including some of the young guys that have developed that I think are going to be able to help. That's the biggest help that you can have early. That's how you bridge the gap. Why are the dominant teams the dominant teams? Well, they're better than you are up front. Right. And it's not just the starting five on the offensive line or the front four on the defensive line. It's the depth that you have. And that takes time. But regardless of what system you run, whether it's a triple option, whether it's an air raid, whether it's an RPO-style system, whatever, pro-style, it all comes down to up front. And I think he's made Auburn better there on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I think the pass rush is a big question mark. Auburn's season will be defined by how good they get after the passer, I think. Because I think they're going to put up points. I like Phil Montgomery. He comes from that Art Bryles old school, or not old school, new school, uh, change the splits. Let's mess with the divider. Let's throw a bunch of different combinations at him. They're not used to seeing. Uh, I think the roster, at, from a skill position standpoint, is obviously better. 
Um, I like bringing in Peyton Thorne, but don't write Robbie Ashford off just yet. Jake, I, I want to peel back the onion with you a little bit. Maybe this is an orange and blue glasses take, but it seems to me and a lot of the people that we interact with that Hugh Freeze is not getting any benefit of the doubt. Other coaches that have come into the league new, whether it's Billy Napier, Shane Beamer, they get this honeymoon period. They get this benefit of the doubt that, oh, they're going to turn things around quickly. Hugh Freeze, for whatever reason, he, even after he's flipped the roster the way he has, is not getting any kind of respect, in my yeah. opinion. It's like a wait and see, three years, show me. Why do you think there's that differentiation between some other coaches that are getting a fair shake coming into the conference and not Freeze? I think because it's past. I, I, I think it's easy to, to look at Hugh Freeze and, and make a joke or, or you know, kind of laugh it off or, or not take it serious. But that in itself can be a great weapon. And I think Hugh knows that. Um, you know, you, you see there's pressure everywhere in the SEC. We know that. But at Auburn, there's a very high standard, even with what Brian Harson you know, left him, which is basically nothing. Right. Uh, Auburn fans expect the win. The potato famine. The, 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 that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And look, Hugh Freeze at the end of the day knows the last piece of the puzzle. I, everybody, I, I get asked on Twitter all the time. I get DMs. Why can't Auburn sign this five-star? Why can't Auburn sign this five-star? The last piece of the puzzle is doing it on the field. When Auburn does it on the field, they have no problem recruiting against anybody. They're not afraid to go against anybody. But right now, Georgia runs it. Alabama has run it. There's a lot of teams with other cachet on the field. You can build these facilities. You can have NIL. But until you do it on the field and you're putting lots of guys in the NFL, you will not be able to maximize the potential of where you're at. And we know Auburn's potential is as high as they want it to go. They're one of the places, you know, I was – and a Twitter fight, which is ridiculous, with South Carolina fans the other day trying to talk to me about national championships. Well, one of us is going to die having seen their team win one. The other one, they have never won one. And so I say that because Auburn fans have sipped from the cup before, right? They know what it's like. They've seen the monster when it's built. And once you've sipped from that cup, you don't want any other flavor again. Right. So the standard's going to be high. It should be high. But I think, you know, an eight and 40 year, Somewhere around there, maybe the right seven and five year can get him that momentum. But eventually, and you're you're going to see this around the league this year. Sam Pittman needs to break through. Mm-hmm. Shane Beamer needs to show he can do it again. You're going to Billy Napier has a brutal 2023 and 2024 ahead of him. Right. Will Florida be patient enough with him? I think Auburn fans, as fanatical as, as our fan base is, and fans short for fanatical, I think they understand what he inherited. But you can feel that momentum, right? You guys can tell the difference well, right now. Look at the season tickets. I mean, that's exactly it's a records. real tangible thing. Right. And all Auburn needs is a spark to start a wildfire. And expectations will always be high. But I do think you'll see improvement on the field. And I think Auburn fans are smart enough to understand that it it's not going to be built in one night. It's going to take two, three years of bringing in the right type guys to cultivate the right type leadership mixed with talent. And I think you can do that. So you, you talked about from a recruiting standpoint, they've got to do it on the field. Yep. You mentioned eight and four. I mean, is it all wins and losses? What else does that look like? Well, it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go eight and four. Right. There's a lot of different ways to go seven to five. Seven to five with a win, maybe against an Alabama or, or a Georgia or at LSU. It gives you hope. It's, it's mm-hmm. game by game. Now, I think the ceiling's nine and three. You look at Auburn's out of conference schedule. Nobody really scares me on that. Now, you, as a media member, I can say that. As a coach, you've got to treat Sanford just like you treat Alabama. Right. But when I look at going to LSU, you go to AM, you go to Arkansas. If Auburn can can hold serve at home, split one of the Bama and Georgias, 
sweep the out of conference, you could be looking at a nine and three and a, or a really good eight and four year with a good bowl game to try and cap it off. And a Hugh Freeze coach of the year. And yeah. A, yeah. I think that seven and five and how that looks is so important because if you're Auburn, you can start out four and oh. Yep. And then a seven and five isn't as warm and fuzzy when that, you get through. That's exactly but right. But a seven and five and winning a bowl game yep. to get to eight and five, man, I think it puts you on a trajectory where you get momentum. Yep. You start getting more recruits. And then I think the portal shrinks a little bit. It you has still to. get kids. Yep. But like me and Zach were talking about, you don't get kids that you have to play out of desperation. You get kids to build some depth. That's exactly right. Man, you know, I say you don't want to build the ship out of the portal. You just want to plug the holes in it with it. Uh, now, early, you have to. You have to go to the portal. Well, but you can flip a house quicker nowadays in college football than you ever could because I call it the 1970s style freedom that we have with the transfer portal. But as you, you got to wean off, it's like a baby and, and you know, breastfeeding, you know, you got to wean them off it eventually. You got to wean off the transfer portal and you got to start developing guys, especially up front. That's been Auburn's biggest bugaboo. Yeah. The end of Gus Malzahn, Brian Harson. You're getting beat by the Georgias and Alabamas and LSUs and Tennessees and Oklahomas and Ohio States for these guys up front that you can develop. That all of a sudden now you had a couple of years of dose in the portal. Now we have our own guys in here and we can do what Bama does. These other teams just, Hey, let me grab this all ACC corner real quick. Or heck, let me grab this all SEC corner and bring them over here. So right. um, I, I think it's a process, but you do not want to, this isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. You can't have one guy come in and, and win the game for you. Football is a game of 11 people moving as one organism. And you can't do that by just bringing in a bunch of mercenaries every year from the transfer portal. Oh, Miss is sure as heck going to try. We'll see how that works out. But I don't think you can do it at Auburn and win the way Auburn wants to. Where does Auburn finish in the West this year? Right now, and and I typically make my final predictions uh, at the end of fall camp. I need sure, to know we'll who gets hurt. This can put change. an asterisk. Sure. We'll, we'll bury Bonds this thing. Uh, I'm going to say Auburn finishes third in the West. Really? It's so Bama, LSU, Auburn? LSU, Bama, Auburn. Wow. Jay Crane, thank you for your time as always, man. How do people check out your show and everything else going on? Guys, it's always great to talk to you. Uh, love seeing y'all in person. Uh, obviously, you know, we go back. But uh, yeah, just go to YouTube the easiest way. It's Crane and Company. C-R-A-I-N and Company. Yes, Kurt Crane was my father. Everybody always asks when they see Crane spelled like that. Uh, we go live each weekday morning, 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. Have live call-ins, live chat, talking to a ton of college football, a ton of Auburn. I started off this morning, Zach, saying... There is a chance that Auburn and Alabama could finish with identical records in 2023. Ooh, that's that's crazy. It is a take. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it's a lot more probable than it has been since I can remember. So we'll see. I'll agree with I can that. feel myself getting flamed on Twitter right now. No, no. It's all Auburn people watching this. They there love it. Yeah, there you go. Jake, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Zach, Jake. appreciate it, guys. Great stuff from Jake Crane. Now let's turn our attention to Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football himself. He had some interesting things to say about the Auburn Tigers. But first, Daryl, let's give some love. Uh, to Clay Benson, attorney at law, one of the many folks that are uh, making it possible for us to thrive here at Media Days. Very appreciative of Clay. You can reach him at 334-356-1925. He's been an attorney for over 30 years. I've used him for over 20 for our small business. He does specialize in criminal representation, estate planning, small business transactions, as, as well as injury cases. Again, you can reach him 334-356-1925. The disclaimer, got to read it, no representation is made that the quality of the legal services performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Go see Clay. Tell him Locked on Auburn sent you. And joining us now live from Radio Row, Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart. 
opinions are all over the place when you look at the Auburn Tigers and Hugh Freeze and what he could possibly bring to the Plains this year. Where are you on this wide spectrum of opinion on him? Well, here's the thing. Usually, Hugh Freeze's track record is that once he gets the quarterback situation figured out, it usually tends to go pretty well. Yeah. What I'm going to be fascinated by is when the media votes later on this week and they announce it, I think it'll be Friday when they announce it, where they're going to be close to the bottom because the, you just go through and the, you got more questions about Auburn than anything else. All I know is it's usually not a good sign when you add a quarterback after spring practice. Mm. I mean, they did it. Alabama did it. And so I'm, I'm that's going to be a, a fascinating thing to watch. But I just, I don't see Auburn finishing last in division. I just don't, I just think they're going to, they have enough talent to do better, but, you know, so does so does Arkansas, so does Mississippi State, so does Ole Miss, so does LSU. It's going to be a tough division. You know, Tony, the roster flip is a situation now that when you Freeze came in, he definitely had to undertake completely right. changing that roster. And it used to be it would have taken three, four, five years because right. to get your own recruiting class in, that kind of thing. With the transfer portal, he was able to reestablish his offensive line. He got some receivers. Do you feel like that can expedite? him getting into the situation where he can compete for championships? No question. No question. I'll, I love it. When, you know, coaches whine about the transfer portal. The fact of the matter is transfer portals is a great vehicle for coaches. Either you take a new job and you got to flip the roster, you can do it incredibly fast, or you have a bad year and you need help at this position or that position. So I think on balance – you know, no, the coach doesn't like it when he loses a good player to somebody else. Yeah. But if he if he needed a defensive back or he needed two wide receivers, so it, you can rebuild a roster a lot faster, and which is why I think uh, you know Auburn may have a chance to finish better than a lot of people think. I mean, but you're just seeing it at, at so many different positions. I mean, pretty much the whole entire offensive line is going to be transfers. Yeah, uh, you're going to see several defensive linemen that play a lot, and really the pass rushers are all either true freshmen or. Or transfers, guys yep. that weren't on the team a year ago. I mean, we and we've seen different schools rely on the portal more than others. Like Ole Miss comes to mind, right. and we don't really know yet if that is sustainable at this point. No, we don't. We don't. And it's it, to me, I, I think the transfer portal is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Matter sure. of fact, when they cut the number of days back from, uh, I guess it was sixty to, uh, or, or, you know, ninety to sixty. You got two 15-day windows, one in the spring, one in December. I think I think the coaches have to realize that's about as good as it's going to get for them. You know, you've always – you've had that nickname, Mr. College Football. You've been around the game for a long time, covered a lot of programs, covered a lot of schools. If there was something that – if you were the czar of college fo football for a day and there was something that you'd like to see college football move towards or move away from, what would you think that would be? I changed the overtime rule. I don't. I don't. I don't particularly like the overtime rule where you start from the twenty-five. You can you can win the game and never make a first down. I've always wanted to start on the forty. So at least you had, you may win it with a field goal, but you at least have to make uh, a first down. You know. Other than that, I, I what's fascinating about the game as it is right now. People's oh, you know, the game is in trouble. We've got we got the transfer portal. We got nil. We don't know what's the game on the field. The game that we see every Saturday is as good as it's ever been. The quality of play in college football is absolutely incredible. Are we going through a transition right now in college Ooh. football? You better believe we are. But every time college athletics or college football is faced with something like this, 
they adjust and they'll, they'll figure it out. And when, you know, somebody's going to have to step up and make some very difficult decisions to get a handle on NIL with some sort of guidelines, commissioner Sankey talked about it today. Sure. So, um, but that, that's the only change I think I would make. Who is your dark horse team in the SEC? Have you identified one yet? I do have one. I do, it's, you know, I don't consider, you know, LSU a dark horse team, Alabama, Georgia, those aren't dark horse teams. Sure. A dark horse team is a team like Kentucky uh, that, that goes out and gets the former NC State quarterback uh, that brings an, a talented offensive coordinator back from the NFL where he spent one year. They've been very good on defense, so I like them. I think you better keep an eye on Arkansas with K.J. Jefferson, who is a very special talent uh, at quarterback. So I think those are two teams you're going to look at. I don't know what to think about Ole Miss because they fell off the table at the end of last year. Right. And can they get can they get back in the ditch, out of the ditch? So there's a lot of unknown. The, the middle class of the SEC is as deep as I've seen it in a long time. If you would, talk about your book that's coming out. You have a book coming out in October. The, the title is The 19 of Green. Talk about the aspects of that book, why that title is what it is, and what's so unique about it. Well, The 19 of Green is about my senior year at Green County High School in Greensboro, Georgia. It's halfway between Augusta and Atlanta off of I-20. And that was the year that we, uh, the schools in the county, had to integrate. The, the, the law of the state of Georgia said you will integrate. And so we merged the two football teams at Cary High School and Green County High School. When spring practice was over, we, we, had, we had 19, grand total of 19 players, uh, seven black, 12 white, and we took on a schedule and uh, played for a region championship. The story, though, is the fact that 52 years after we all played our last game together, a lot of these guys have stayed uh, really, really close. And uh, it, it, doing this was a labor of love. I got a chance to talk to people I had not spoken to in 50 years as we put this book together, and we're very proud of it. That's awesome. And you're with the Dodd Trophy, one of the more prestigious awards in college football. Tell us about that. Well, when you talk about Coach of the Year awards, the coaches will tell you that the Dodd Trophy presented by PNC, the Dodd Trophy is one of the best. It is absolutely the best because of what it stands for, scholarship, leadership, integrity. Those are the three pillars that Coach Dodd uh, believed in. We had a tremendous – Willie Fritz of Tulane won it because it's based on academics. You have, you have to have a minimum score of 980 on the APR to qualify for the watch list that you guys got. And, and uh, I, I believe in all those things, and I've been a part of the Dodd Trophy for a long time and very, very proud and honored to lend my name to it. Tony, when you have to kind of make your prediction for this Auburn team, you think it's seven and five, eight and four, or better or worse than one of those two? I don't see eight wins there, quite honestly. Sure. But, but but you know what? An eight and four season, a six and six season can be eight and four very, very quickly in the way this – do you win the close games? Mm -hmm. Do you find a way to close out the close games? And, and that will keep, be the key. I just think if Hugh Freeze gets the quarterback position figured out, you know, figured out – you know who does who does he like? Is the is it the kid? Is it the transfer? Is it is it sure. Robbie Robbie Ashford? I don't know. And until but until he gets that figured out, uh, it's hard for them to move forward. Tony, thank you for your time, man. All right, guys, good to be with thank you. you, Tony. Appreciate. It. And that does it for today's edition of the show. We will have plenty of Auburn content for you. Be sure to click that subscribe button, and uh, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube. 
We'll uh, we look forward to bringing that to you probably over the next couple of days. For Daryl, I'm Zach Blackerby. This has been Locked on Auburn.